0: Hello, and welcome to my presentation. I'm Connor Dellenbank, and uh, this is for DevOps Summit 2021, the experiential learning event. So my background, I'm the CEO and founder of Strategio, and I'm also the host uh, of the DevOps Diversity podcast. So at Strategio, we just launched in August. So we're into our third month in business. We, uh, we're a brand new company focused on improving diversity, equity, and inclusion for underserved and underrepresented groups in enterprise IT. And uh, and we also fortunately have received uh, venture capital funding to, to get us off the ground and uh, And we're sort of building this company very quickly. So I'm I'm I've got a few angles I can share today, ranging from uh, building my my own company, which is something I'll happily talk about offline if anyone wants to message after the uh, after the recording, Um, and also diversity, equity, and inclusion, and uh, and DevOps, uh, cloud computing. So. I've been in the the DevOps space since around 2015, when it was very early. Uh, There wasn't many companies uh, embracing this at large scale. It was being talked about by chief information officers, chief technology officers, and a lot of developers who started to adopt some of the early tools and technologies as well. Um, Not just developers, systems administrators, systems engineers at the time as well. So I I used to actually be in the talent space before I went into consulting and I I really found a a niche area where I I understood people and process and could look at them from a, a really bird's eye view because of the different companies I was dealing with. So going into a large bank and speaking to them about how they're trying to transform and modernize. It, it, that yes the tools and t- technology in the in the stack they were using was extremely important but everyone had some similar problems uh with the earlier part culture collaboration and then more recently especially after 2020 when there's been uh, so uh, a time where uh, race has come back into play, and people are, at larger scale have realised that hey, we do need to give equity, inclusion. Uh, we need to increase our our sense of belonging in our companies, and we need to improve certain numbers that are just clearly uh, not representing the the people of our society. So I think one of the base points before I go deeper into into the uh, the presentation itself is th- this is not just about making people feel good. And that's one part of it, making people feel that they belong and including them. But from an actual enterprise scale, diverse teams are higher performing. Companies that have more diverse teams, ranging from leadership to the teams themselves, will make more money, more profit, more revenue. So at that baseline, it's important for all people and all companies. But I just don't think we can build good quality products or services without including everyone in society that uses those. And that ranges from everything we're talking uh, cognitive diversity as the the most important part that we think in different ways we bring new ideas to the table Uh, but then we're talking about uh, different backgrounds uh, income different types of communities uh, race gender uh, sexual orientation ethnic cultural background uh, neurodiversity uh, disabilities people who've been in the in the military that the list of these different backgrounds is so important and it will strengthen and, and make our teams more robust Some other things you hear in terms of my background, you'll have seen that I've been a speaker internationally at some of the most interesting places. I think Cuba has to be the coolest place I spoke at. I was at DevOps Days Cuba a few years ago, I think 2017, um, spoken all over the the US and also in Canada at various different conferences to share some of the knowledge and, and experiences I've had. Um, also writing for a number of different uh, different publications. And then outside of the, the work front, I think it's always nice to know who we're, who we're talking to or listening to. to. So for, for me, I'm, I'm also an athlete outside of work. I train very seriously for competitive road cycling and I've previously been a, a boxer for the UK as well. Um, I live down in Miami, Florida, which is where I am today doing this. And uh, I've got a lovely wife, Leslie, and a, and a pug who's probably gonna bark at me at some point, but hopefully he'll be well-behaved. So, We're all looking to hire people, right? We're trying to find people in the industry. Um, Technology hiring right now is crazy. Let's just start with that point. So there is what some people call the great resignation. And there's also the the war on talent. Um, That's true. It's very hard to find talent. And then you add in this new component, which shouldn't be new, but it is where you have the component where it's like, okay, we also need to hire certain backgrounds while we're doing that. I'm a huge believer in it, and I'm glad that organizations are finally doing this. It's literally what my company does as well. Um, but the, the numbers are, are quite clear. We have a 25, around 25 to 28% representation for women in all information technology jobs. Within DevOps in 2021, in the various state of DevOps reports that have been uh, brought out, we can see that women are list, are, are represented at 16%. So around, I think, 75% uh, people who identify as male are, are represented in DevOps engineering. So it's a clearly um, male-dominated space, and also we have outside of gender, we have the lack of representation for people of color. Now, I've given two examples. Obviously, there's a number of different uh, groups that this impacts, but Hispanic women and African American women being some of the large, the, the most underrepresented groups. Um, they're one and three percent respectively. The average age for DevOps engineers being 39 shows that maybe it's because people need a number of years experience to understand all things across the software development lifecycle, infrastructure, um, and all the different tools and technologies involved. But I actually don't think that's the case. And I've been successful in, in the last few years of training entry level talent. For some some company some of the most high performing Fortune 500 companies, ranging from financial services to insurance companies and high performing tech companies as well. Now they've been able to train their train talent internally or externally. They've been able to hire them, make them feel included and that they belong. Uh, and that's some of the stuff that I would really want to share with you today is how we can actually proactively go about increasing our talent pipeline, which adds to our directly feeds our uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion within our companies, all of which that I believe will make your organizations higher performing. And it will also uh, be a good thing for society that we're bringing more diversity into our companies. Now, it's hard, not just hard to find talent. This is the first part. So a lot of us look at the the early stages of the hiring uh, and in, uh, work on improving diversity, equity, inclusion. We're talking about we need to hire people from diverse backgrounds. Now, yes, companies need to do that, and that will help them. We will go into how you can do that in a, in, a, in the next few slides. But what we also need to look at is. Women are represent. Women stay in tech. At thirty-eight percent of women that get a computer science degree stay in technology, as opposed to fifty-three percent with their male counterparts. So it isn't just that we can't find them, which is the first part we've mentioned. That if you're, if we look at the numbers, just to go back for a moment of how hard it is to find diverse talent, it isn't that people don't exist it's that they don't exist where we're looking for them. So if the market only has 1% Hispanic women represented in all information technology, how are you planning to then go out there from your company and increase your uh, diversity numbers higher than 1%? It's going to be very hard to do, right? We're talking about it's, it's, and say the same thing for other groups we're referring to. So we can't just look in the same place as everybody else and expect to change. The pool is very shallow, and we have to look outside of that area to find more diverse talent. And then when it comes to retaining that talent once they join your company, that's another hard part that many people aren't doing a good job of. Because we, as we've mentioned, the, the number of folks that stay in our companies it's not always going to be as good as... So you, you get them in the door in the first place and then, wow, this person doesn't feel a part of my company. And it's actually related to inclusion, equity, and belonging. Some of the, the next phases in having a, uh, a diverse and inclusive company culture So I mentioned that we start off and we look and we think, right, we need diversity, we've hit these numbers, we're happy, we've ticked a box, but we have so much further to go. It ranges from the job descriptions through to the interview process, through to the onboarding process, then, once people work with you, how do they actually feel included? And uh, many, many people—if you actually look up some of the, the statistics and also the reasons behind this—because I'm, I'm aware to some people it might be like this is new, and also, or you're working on it, and this fascinates you, and you think we're actually working as well, and we want to try and improve. We it, things like bro culture can directly impact this. So the the use of certain t- Technology and work. If people are saying, "Hey guys, I'm going to do this today. Who wants to come with me? Guys, let's go to happy hour." It, it can sometimes, ex- or very often, exclude people who are in your company that that aren't part of that group so we actually have to try to remove certain gender specific language and open up the way we communicate and that takes some leadership it takes learning and it takes bringing in new knowledge it's not something that you can just do um, overnight and everyone perfectly understands how to include each other this is having good conversation and it's it's upskilling in it. as well as technology it's actually upskilling our knowledge of, of why this matters in the first place so per- example of exactly what we're referring to. So let's look at even the the job descriptions that we're working with. If we want to attract talent from diverse backgrounds, if we want to really grow our DevOps teams or our technology teams as a whole, we have to look at how we're how we're branding ourselves. I will go into employer branding in some detail in another slide later on. But right now, a perfect example is this. I, obviously, I'm I'm joking to the extent I say the whole the whole quote. But there's many of these words are used in job descriptions. I'm going to assume even from companies that are listening today, um, things like um, rock star, ninja, um, talking about too many years experience for an entry level role. This is. Uh, this is winding people up right now. If you go on LinkedIn and scroll for an hour or so, you're going to find a number of different posts um, that show you that people are getting offended by you saying entry-level role, but then asking for even two years experience. One year, entry-level means no experience. It's uh, it's the first job that that person has taken. Um, And if you want to have someone with more experience, then you have to look to pay for that person and also make sure that there's a a good package for them. A simple example here of of exclusive um, wording in a job description, is English as a first language? Could we say uh, must be fluent in English? So English could be your third or fourth language. It does not mean that you can't. You're not fluent in that language. So you're instantly making someone feel like, wow, they don't understand me or my culture. Uh, they don't understand where I'm from. And uh, This is actually something, so if if any of you have to take the time to listen to my DevOps diversity podcast, we host um, chief information officers, senior vice presidents from some of the largest companies in the world. And uh, we have these exact discussions about how it makes people feel. And if you can't bring your full self to work and be part of an organization where you feel that your passions matter and that your opinions matter, you will become disengaged. So when we're talking about not just finding people, not just bringing them into our companies, We're also looking at how do we actually get performance and make people feel a part of that team and give and engage with that as well. One thing I, I should have mentioned, just I know I, I jumped straight into this uh, presentation. I will go through specifically um, interviewing and, uh, for, for DevOps engineers at a junior level. And I also will go through um, some of the technology skills that you could actually train for very easily in your companies or externally as well. So I will list the actual tech part of this. It won't only be about um, inclusion, belonging and equity if you're wondering where we're going with this. So um, inclusive hiring, making sh- it really begins with intentionality. So from the beginning, you have to constantly be looking at ways to include and not exclude people. This is a proactive exercise that isn't just done once. It's not that you clean up your job descriptions and everything is okay. It's where are you posting your job descriptions? It's where are you actually looking? Are you only looking on LinkedIn or dice.com or are you going to a number of job job um, locations, job boards? that focus on all types of talent, ranging from veterans to black, to Hispanic, to, um, the, to different sexual orientations or different genders. These all exist. There are so many of them available. A uh, Simple Google search will share that with you. And I realize maybe I should have put some of them in here as well. Um, but the intentionality part is very important. And that's where you're proactively going about making your, your company more inclusive from the beginning. Barriers to entry. Now, if we look at our society, and I, I guess I'm speaking, I, I realize it's it's Canada and US, it's all you know North America included. But referring to to the US specifically, in the last census, um, African American and Hispanic households uh, are earning substantially l- uh, less median household income than their counterparts from uh, from the the white uh, community as well. So, it's we we have people who are lower income background that some, yes, can go to university and get scholarships, but are gonna be less likely in in general. So rural Americans, um, African-Americans and Hispanic uh, Americans are going to be less likely to go uh, to university and get a college degree. So you have groups that aren't even participating and then maybe don't have the resources financially to do things like uh, go to a, a boot camp and just jump into getting their skills. So I think we need to remove some of the financial barriers to entry and other barriers barriers to entry. So are there skills in your technology teams that don't need to have a degree in the first place? I, I think that getting into, um, into DevOps and cloud computing, it, it would certainly be useful to have something like uh, a computer science degree or business information systems. Uh, there's there's various other STEM degrees that apply directly. I've seen great, uh, great people come out of physics and maths, chemistry. But then also... Are there people who have gone to community college? Are there people who've been fresh out of high school or went to high school, did two years of work experience somewhere, and they could be perfect for the jobs that you have? Remember, think outside of the box. When we're talking about the, the shallow pool, there is not much diversity already in the industry. What can you do to increase your competitiveness in the industry and to increase your defensibility so that people aren't trying to take what you have as a company and that you're growing and scaling? Now, to me, that's don't look where everyone else is looking. Go to somewhere completely different. And you even see the likes of Google, Facebook, Tesla, some of these large, um, some of the biggest and and, uh, most um, successful tech companies in the world they are now removing some of their requirements for things like degrees. So if there's no diversity already there, you have to look further forward in the pipeline and create it for yourself. And that's an exact example of what we're talking about. I'm thinking of early career talent, entry-level talent that we can find ourselves, train and build up to be part of our our company for the long-term. Talent creation. So this is where we're talking about this entry-level talent. So how many of us have been out there looking for six months for, I, I, I've done this at conferences even before um, the, the pandemic and working from home and this, this great resignation. I stood in uh, DevOps Quebec in uh, early 2020, February 2020. And I said, how many of you have had job roles open for more than three months and more than half of the room uh, kept their hand up? I asked how many people have had, them more, had their job descriptions open for, or their roles open for more than six months. And I, th- I believe it was about 40% of the room stayed, kept their hands up. We went to nine months, the numbers dropped, but people still had their hands up. One year, people still have had job descriptions and job roles open for that long. That's mind-blowing to me because that's time that you could have been growing your company and instead just spending time and money searching for people that might not even exist. Are they even out there? So they're out there potentially, but they also work at your competitors. They also might only want to move for more money. Um, and are they going to stay with you and build your culture and be part of your your practices? So this is where in the time you, you it took you to search for those people and the the, the recruiters and talent acquisition folks that are in your teams that are working to find people for you, the hiring managers that have done interviews and the team leads that have been a part of your process, all of that costs money. That is wasting time. You know, I'm not saying we don't find senior people. This isn't what I'm saying at all. Yes, there is a time and a place, but are there ways we can be more proactive, the way we can look further forward in the pipeline and search for talent that maybe is already there? That in At some level, they could be, like we said, out of high school, it could be out of community college, it could be out of university. But we could maybe train them up, and we could support them and grow them in our companies. And we will get long term commitment and investment and passion from these folks. There's lots of benefits of doing this as well. So jumping straight into something that I think is relevant for today is this is so this is something that we've built directly at strategio. This is our strategio enterprise simulator course for entry level talent. So people who joined us that have an understanding of algorithms data structures and, and programming languages but have zero commercial experience they jump straight in they as well as this doesn't actually show any of the career development type of work we do and the personality collaboration and team team F, um, teamwork stuff that we do as well. But this is specifically the technology skills that they go through. Um, This is an eight-week training course that we lead. Uh, There's many other folks out there that have training courses and boot camps. Um, But you can see that we're going through uh, right from uh, introduction to best practices, the history, the methodologies behind DevOps, through to cloud computing, various different frameworks of cloud, um, through to version control, some database work. Then we go into, actually we do more, like at least a couple of weeks of, uh, of, of programming just to make sure that, so yes, we understand that DevOps engineers don't always have to be do, doing, doing development work, but we think it's important in these cross-functional teams to create people that understand dev, they understand ops, they understand testing, and uh, and they understand production. They, they really need to understand the end-to-end flow across the SDLC, in my opinion, to be a, a good DevOps engineer in the times we're in right now. You need to be able to relate to what the developers are doing. You need to relate to what the support team's are doing, uh, what testing is doing. And, and also, if you're in a, um, a high performing company, you will have this broad range of skills. At the same time, you go and work at a larger company, think a bank, for example, uh, not all of them, but some of them, uh, and you would be siloed even to this day into part of this. You might be um, doing just the setting up of CI pipelines. You might just be working on on um, on uh, code refactoring. There's so many different roles that you would do that encompass this within DevOps. Um, but our, our goal is to create cross-functional technologists that think in a tech agnostic way. So I've listed this, the technology areas we focus on, but we're actually more focused on concepts We start with teaching concepts, uh, how you go about doing, uh, why we're doing it, how you do it, uh, an enterprise problem that you might experience, and then you solve that problem. That's our day-to-day in Strategio Simulator. At the same time, it's relevant to know some of the, uh, the different uh, vendors and, and, and software that we use. I, I'm a believer that we can train on AWS, we can also train on Google Cloud, or we could train on Azure, and same goes for a number of the others there. So uh, this isn't based on specific favoritism, it, it's just based on popularity at the moment in the industry, and this shifts and changes over time consistently. We've spoken about how do we uh, find talent in the first place or how do we start looking outside of the box? How do we make a more inclusive interview process? Some of the training that we would do to, to, to support people. But how do we interview? How do we make sure that our interview process actually works, that we make people from diverse backgrounds feel included when they join our company or before they join our company? Remember, a bad interview process will end up on glass door. Right, So you don't want to just have this process where people are, are feeling like this sucks. I don't want to go to that company and I'm going to tell everyone else about it. And Glassdoor is just one of many places, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, the list goes on. You could be called out in a lot of different areas. So it takes intentionality and that's going to keep coming up throughout my talk today. Intentionality is, is part of everything we're doing. We haven't been doing it enough already and we have to be proactive and make sure that we really work on how to support diverse talent. We include them and we make sure that early career talent feel a certain way. Conducting fair and realistic interviews is something that doesn't happen enough. We're looking for junior folks and then we're interviewing, what's your, you know, we're giving them a Java developer, a five to 10 year type experience interview. So we need to bring this back to, to what are the basics. And so, yes, re- resumes show some experience, but we have to have, I think if we have a good entry pipeline, so that might be a good front line, uh, good quality talent acquisition, good quality recruiters, either internal or external that support what you're doing, uh, maybe good boot camps that you can partner with, uh, other organizations as well, women who code, lesbians in tech, uh, Latinas in tech, tech career, blacks in technology, strategio, the, the list of things goes on, but there's so many partners you can get to improve what you're doing that will be real people, not just reading online, real people, real events that you can be part of that can funnel pipe, uh, talent into your pipeline. Once you're speaking to them, you have to include them in a certain way, like we're mentioned here. And uh, understanding that the resume is not everything. This is a really, you're getting a blank sheet, someone that hasn't got really any experience, but you can, what, are the, what projects did they do? Uh, what have they done outside of school? What, what was important to you? Beware, you, you'll have heard the stories about, um, you know, certain, uh, certain badly set up recruiting software that, dis- that excluded uh, women because they played water polo or women's lacrosse or part of a women's networking group. So really check w- how you're going about this. If you are using um, intelligent software, make sure it's actually doing it the right way and that you are getting a really diverse group of uh, applicants coming through. This can be very useful long-term, but it's just making sure there's no bias coded into the software you're already using and worsening the problem. So we look for logic, problem-solving, uh, collaboration, personality. I want to know that someone's going to be be an awesome part of this team, and and uh, they're going to be a, a ex- They're going to bring something totally new and different. So look for that diversity in an exciting way. What can they bring that it doesn't is nothing like what you've had before? What skills can they bring that that no one else has in that team? And ideas, cognitive diversity. That's really the part we're looking for from everybody. Whiteboarding, I think, does that. There's all there's always back and forth in the developer circles about whether whiteboarding is is a positive or a negative. I think at this level, you do need to find a way to test if someone is able to do what you're looking for. I think data structures and algorithms is very useful to test the logic, the problem-solving flow, and then you want to just make sure it's collaborative. There's a lot of clarity from the person you're interviewing. They're asking the right questions. They're able to to give you their ideas along the way. They don't have to be right about everything. What you need to see is, was their flow the kind of flow you could work with? What solutions were they coming up with and what was their approach? That's something you can work with. If they're just totally not collaborative in that sense at all, but they're answering the questions right, I wouldn't be that happy with that. I want to see more about their mindset, how they're going to be part of this team. Branding. So many companies are missing this. Walmart Tech is now on TikTok. Are you on TikTok? Are you on Instagram? Are you on even on LinkedIn? It's not just the, the the ways you've been doing it for years before now. You have to be part of the current world. We're talking Gen Z entering the workforce. They care about uh, they care about their passion. They care about being included. They really care about working for a company with a positive mission. So leverage and empower your current employees to be part of your, you can scale your outreach so much. It's time to not be afraid of this and put the right context in place so people have what they need, and then giving them the freedom, the responsibility uh, to move forward without so many controls. I understand very there's highly regulated industries, and some of you may be from those, but there's definitely always a way. I think leveraging social to promote your brand. It's not like, come work for us, we have work from home, or come work for us, we have flexible working. Like it used to be, come to our office, we have beers and ping pong tables. Those things are still not hitting it. What people want is to know, company committed to diversity and inclusion and worldly causes, other things outside of just diversity inclusion as well, but the community as a whole. Um, What stakeholders you're working towards? Is it that you care about the environment while you're also doing something else? are you, so you have to make sure you're promoting and representing that. That means bringing all of your employees to this. And then also the, we mentioned not talking about the ping pong tables and the beer, and now things have changed so that we're working from home, uh, many of us. And uh, now it's about promoting, I did this amazing tech work this week. I have one week of experience and I did this with Amazon Web Services. I did this with Docker already. I've learned this with Kubernetes. Get them to write articles. Get them to write blogs and, vlog, and and record vlogs, start a podcast. These are things that promote your company. They make you look awesome to the external, uh, anyone who might apply, and they might also increase you if you're a company that, uh, that markets and sells products and services, which most people, most companies on earth do then you're also going to be getting your brand out there in those ways. You're going to be showing you're part of the community. And so employer branding is very important. And it's something you have to, again, be intentional with. And if you're already, if you're not doing some of these things I've mentioned here, you're probably already behind. And that's the truth. It's, it's moving very quickly. Uh, but there's also ways to improve and get support with that. Onboarding is again another stage that's important we we've spoken through so many steps in in getting your your workforce to be more diverse and more inclusive has to be an experience you need to you want people that on day 1 Like, have you ever joined, uh, whether it's a sports team, an arts club, a community, a network, any, like where you go home, you're like, I feel so happy that I'm a part of this. I went to a, you could be a a woman listening. I went to a woman's networking group. My wife went to one last week and she's over, over the moon about her experiences, meeting so many amazing people. And it's like, can you make people feel like that when they join your company? Can you make them feel loyal and passionate and empowered? So I think back to intentionality, we need to put inclusion, equity, and belonging at the front and center. You belong here. We care about you as a human, and we're going to care about your beliefs, your rights, and your well-being. And that's going to be the the front and center of what we're doing. And we're going to also make sure you have a, a positive career that you can advance and get opportunity and have equal, fair rights that everybody else has. So the first few days, the first week or so needs to focus on settling and how are you making people feel? And this, none none of this is me saying that we don't want performance. I believe that Doing it right at the beginning, we get the performance, we end up as a higher performing company because people aren't leaving us, costing us money, uh, taking the knowledge that we've we've built into them. This is all going to help us long-term. So spend the time and energy at the beginning, make people feel included straight away, and then long-term, they will give you what you need, or medium-term even. Assign mentors at the beginning, mentors, sponsors, people that can be part of this, include the current team members. If you're not including the current team members, retention will start to drop. You can't only care about new customers and new employees. You have to care about people that have been with you for the long term. That will empower them and encourage them to also grow in the company. So it's a it's a win-win on both ends, and it scales your time. Mentors and sponsorship. We need a combination of people that um, are close enough to guide and support. So for example, having someone that has one to two years experience mentoring someone new is a great idea. But then also a sponsor. Sponsors have the authority and the power to make decisions and actually influence. And mentors have the guidance and knowledge to share. So there's a difference between the two. And I think they're both very relevant and important. And I think if we're hiring diverse and inclusive and and trying to build an inclusive company, we need to make sure we're doing this with everyone that comes in the door. Some of the benefits that I, I, I've seen personally, i I'm working with Fortune 500 companies that this that directly by hiring early career talent can and will increase your diversity, equity and inclusion. You will see that you'll be able to hire more technology talent and you'll be able to do this in a more scalable way, a continuous pipeline of talent. You'll be able to see, okay, in advance, we're going to hire this many people. We're going to have this company, maybe a partner that trains them, uh, that takes care of that part. Or we figure out a way to do that ourselves and mentor and upskill. And then we're we're making sure that we grow our teams and having long-term people retained and engaged in our company. Just to briefly share, this is strategio in terms of uh, one of the one of the options you have. This is my company. And, and what we do is we train, uh, we hire diverse STEM talent directly out of uh, universities and, uh, and education. And then we upskill them. We, we pay them to train. So we remove the financial barrier to entry. $5,000 per person is what we offer. And then we also pay relocation for anyone that needs it. And when you run through that eight week training course, I shared, we do DevOps, uh, site reliability engineering, software engineering, data science, and cybersecurity. And then we offer folks on a, on a one to two year contract to hire placement. So there are partners out there. We are one of them. And I'd ha- you know hit me up on LinkedIn or, or wherever you need to. I, my email's at the next slide as well. But we can help you directly um, with finding and including and retaining diverse STEM talent specifically for the devops area. so really appreciate everyone who's listened today. uh do feel free to reach out. i didn't include my linkedin there but just type my name in and you can uh, connect with me it's probably one of the best places. always happy to connect and chat and uh look forward to hearing other folks with their uh, their talks and uh and and conferences throughout the rest of this. thank you.